بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم والصلاة والسلام على رسول الله أما بعد الحمد لله We're going to have an opportunity today to speak about a very important topic. It's actually two topics in one, spiritual development and the pursuit of excellence. So we need to talk about spiritual development and we also need to talk about excellence, inshallah. This is a very key topic for me. Um, I feel that it's particularly the need of the time. There's a lot of information about Islam. There's a lot of information about what we need to do as Muslims but the spirit that underlies that Islam is often lacking. And the experience of that Islam is often lacking. And for that reason, we see that people have almost become somewhat disenchanted with the practice of their deen. Whereas the reality is that the underlying experience of deen should be so attractive that people should be running towards it. And that's where you get into this issue of the need to develop spiritually and the need to attend to issues related to our spiritual development. So the first point that we want to make today is that Islam has spiritual and legal dimensions. Everybody understands the legal dimensions, meaning when you think about prayer, you have various mandatory acts that are associated with prayer, various sunan that are associated with prayer, various mustahabbat or recommended acts that are associated with prayer. So those are the legal dimensions. What's the fiqh of salah? What's the fiqh of wudu? What's the fiqh of fasting? At the same time, we should always be aware that Islam also has a spiritual dimension. The legal dimensions, they're necessary. If I want to offer prayer, I need to fulfill the legal dimensions of prayer. If I want to offer wudu, I need to fulfill the legal dimensions of wudu. If I want to fast, I need to fulfill the legal dimensions of fasting. But I think it's very important for us to appreciate that the goal is not those legal forms. The goal is the spirit behind that. So it's really the spiritual dimension of our deen that is the, that is the ultimate goal. Just as an example or a highlight of this, we'll take one example. There's numerous in the Sunnah. But the Prophet ﷺ said, if a person does not avoid false talk and false conduct during fasting, then Allah does not care if they abstain from food and drink. In fact, the wording is, فَلَيْسَ لِلَّهِ Allah has no need for their food, for their, for their abstaining from food and drink. Now, you can clearly identify when you read a statement such as this, and there's numerous again in the Sunnah. Look what's being stated here. You can fulfill the legal mandates of fasting. We can fulfill the legal mandates of fasting. However, if that does not bring us to the underlying spiritual implications behind the fast, such that it creates a God consciousness within us, such that it causes us to refrain from uh, things that we shouldn't be doing, then we've missed the point. We've merely starved ourselves. We've missed the point. Yes, there's a there's a benefit to associating the legal framework, but that essential goal, the spirit behind it, will be lacking. And this hadith and many others that are present in the collection of hadith all point to a very similar principle. The ultimate spiritual goal in Islam is called ihsan. 
So we want to understand that there's a legal dimension, there's a spiritual dimension, and that's generally speaking for an, any, any, any individual act. But if you said to me, what's the spiritual dimension of Islam as a whole? Right? Islam has a certain framework to it. What's the spiritual dimension to Islam as a whole? Then I would say that the ultimate spiritual goal in Islam is called Ihsan. And Ihsan is an Arabic word that translates to excellence. The best example of this arises in the famous hadith in which the angel Jibreel came to the companions to teach them their deen. I think everybody knows uh, this famous incident. It's one of the hallmark events of the seerah. And it is when the angel Jibreel was sent to the Prophet's gathering of the companions to ask some basic questions concerning the deen as a whole. Essentially, he came to teach the deen, which is fairly remarkable if you think about it, because an angel is being sent from the heavens to teach the companions their deen. It's, it's amazing, the status that they had achieved, that an angel from the heavens would come to solidify the core concepts. Now, this engagement with the angel Jibreel and the Prophet ﷺ and the Sahaba sitting around and watching, عنهم, was a very short encounter. It wasn't like a four-hour lecture. It was literally just, you can read it on a page. The angel came, asked a set of questions, and then essentially disappeared, walked away. Now, of course, the angel came in human form in this instance, so the angel comes and nobody recognizes uh, this, this individual, except the fact that they're completely, their clothing is completely white and doesn't look like they're a traveler, but at the same time, they don't look like anyone familiar. So, this, per this individual, of course, happens to be the angel, sits down in front of the Prophet ﷺ and begins to ask a few questions. The qu one of the questions was, what is Islam? The Prophet ﷺ answered. Another question was, what is Iman, or belief? The Prophet ﷺ answered. And interestingly, another, the next question was, what is Ihsan? And the Prophet ﷺ re responded um, to that question by saying, that you worship Allah as though you see him. And if you don't see him, he certainly sees you. And if you don't see him, he certainly sees you. So, what is being highlighted here? This is Islam, and the five pillars are listed. This is Iman, the articles of faith are listed. This is Ihsan, and Ihsan is this big, broad principle that is applicable to every act of worship. Allah. Look at the wording. Allah. That you worship Allah. So this is applicable to all acts of worship. Allah As if he sees, uh, worship him as though you see him. And if not, know that he sees you. So this highlights that there is a underlying spiritual current to our deen. When we fast, we should be, we should be fasting as if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is watching us. As if, we're, as if we're literally seeing Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala or at least knowing that he sees us. When we give zakah, when we pray, any deed that we do ideally should be full of this consciousness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And in fact, this ihsan, this principle of ihsan is the ultimate manifestation of tawheed. Remember that our deen obviously begins with tawheed. The person takes the shahada to enter into the deen. They establish that their, their faith in the oneness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the prophethood of Rasulullah and then after that they work to bringing that manifestation into their life 
They work towards bringing that reality into their life through their acts of worship, through their engagement with others, through their character, through their sacrifice and service, etc. All of this is all done in a state of consciousness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So this is the ultimate manifestation of Tawheed. To know that there's no one out there except Allah. And that I am just before my Lord as I pray. I am before my Lord as I make decisions. I am before my Lord even before I'm about to make a major mistake. Or if I can't appreciate that, then at least I know he's watching me at every moment. So this is something that is central to our deen. Now, again, I highlight that the angel Jibreel is being sent from the heavens. There's only going to be a few minute interaction. There's a lot of things that could have, by the way, this interaction is so magnificent that it will be something that the people of that, of that uh, persuasion of Islam for the rest of time will go back to. Right? It's not some small interaction. It's, an ama- it's really a foundational occurrence in the sunnah. And in that occurrence, this topic is raised. It shows us how important the issue of spiritual development and achieving excellence is. And it's something that all of us need to have as a goal. So again, Ihsan is the ultimate manifestation of Tawheed, which of course is the basis of Islam. So this seminar is going to focus on spiritual development. We want to talk about two things. We want to talk about spiritual development and we want to talk about how to achieve excellence in our deen. The seminar, the entire seminar, is designed for individuals who are seeking the following. Number one, purity from sin. Number two, depth in worship. Number three, excellence in character. And number four, a deep love for Allah and his messenger. These are some of the key characteristics that are present in the people of excellence. Purity from mistakes, depth in what they do, excellence in the way they exhibit it, and a deep love for what drives them to all of that, which is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and his messenger. And by the way, you could literally take this and replace this with any, with, you could take these principles and put them anywhere. You know, if, if, if you want to know who's going to be an excellent employee at any company, they should have care to avoid mistakes. They should have a concern to do what they do deep and well. They should have excellence in the way they exhibit that with the people that they work with. And they should have a love for, in, their, in that case, it would be a love for the institution or the organization or the goals of the company. Honestly, that's exactly what we use when we're hiring people at the university. We want to know how do they behave with their colleagues. We want to know how, how many mistakes could they potentially make if they've ever made any major mistake. In fact, you can't even get a job as a physician without explaining how many major mistakes you've made and what you did about them and, and what the resolution was. So these principles of excellence, they of course apply to Dean and we derive them from Dean. But essentially, if anybody wants to excel in anything, these are the types of characteristics that are going to be present in whatever we do. So these are goals that all Muslims should pursue. These are goals that all Muslims should pursue, although the means can vary. Now here, I want to take a pause and just sort of unplug for a minute. In this, in this, con- in this discussion of spiritual development and excellence, I want to make one thing very clear, which is that 
We always have to have the goal in mind, and every Muslim should have that goal. So no one can disagree with these goals that I just listed. You know, you, you get into deen and you get into a lot of things like uh, you get to, into disagreements eventually, wherever you get into fiqh, you get into any, any, any branch of, uh, of Islamic knowledge, you're going to get into some, inter, uh, some, some disagreements and differences of opinions. But I think we can agree so far that everything that I said is very, um, quote-unquote, non-controversial. You will get into controversy in any field, particularly in field of spiritual development as well. And I'm going to touch on those controversies. We're not going to hide from them. But the point here is that these are very, very clear goals that I think every single person who's striving in their deen should have, and every Muslim essentially should have. These are the goals. Now, these are the goals that we want to impress on ourselves. This is the end point. Now the question is how you get there. And how you get there can vary. You may get there through interaction with your parents. So there's someone who interacts with their parents and their parents are just very good at training them and developing them and guiding them and they have just that relationship with their parents. You can liter- that person can literally attain ihsan through the khidmah and interaction of their parents. You could get there through an interaction with a teacher. You could get there through an interaction with an organization. You can get there through an interaction with a sheikh. There's no, um, there's no one-size-fits-all. These are the goals. Each person always needs to have these goals in mind and needs to ask the question, it, have I attained these goals? Am I attaining these goals? And if not, what am I going to do to get there? So that's why I put this slide here to say that these are goals that all Muslims should pursue. The means... We'll talk about, they vary. Different people can have different means, and I'm not, in no way, shape, or form uh, saying that there's only one way to do, in, to, to do this. There's many ways to do this. All have to be in accordance with the sunnah, but there's many paths towards this, let's say. But I, but I really want to impress on everyone that these are the goals that we have to have. And we really need to ask the question, am I, have I attained these goals? Because that's what will drive us towards excellence. A lot of times adjustments are necessary in life. You have to choose a path and you have to make a slight adjustment and then you make another adjustment and then you change something. But those changes and adjustments aren't going to be occurring unless you know where you're headed. It's just like traveling somewhere. You travel, 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 and you say, wait a minute, I don't think I'm heading towards Detroit. I don't see the signs saying Detroit's closer and closer and closer. Then you double check, am I on the right path? You make a decision, oh no, wait a minute, we needed to turn back there. Um, maybe there's gonna be a traffic jam along the way. Then you might say, wait a minute, I wanna reroute here. So you have to start with the goal. Just like when you say, I want to go to Detroit. And then, as you're proceeding towards that goal, you have to ask questions, am I getting there? And that will allow a person to be able to attain these goals, inshallah.